Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. In today's episode, we continue to look at what a career in social care can offer, with so many varied roles that can evolve around your individual strengths. Zoe is joined by Amelia Pace, Head of Lifestyles, and Fiona Hutchins, Senior Carer at Castleford House. They discuss their roles, their passion for caring, and being part of a team that can help look after each other during difficult times. Welcome to this episode of Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. I'm delighted today to have Amelia and Fiona from Castleford. Amelia, can I start by asking you to introduce yourself, please, and tell us a bit about your role? Yes, so um, I'm Amelia Pace. I am the Head of Lifestyles at Castleford House. I am a quadruple award winner (laughs) um, for my activity provision, um, and I've just recently qualified as a NAPA Activity Leader Level 3. Fantastic. Congratulations. And can I move across to you, please, Fiona? Can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role? Hi, I'm Fiona Hutchins. I'm a senior carer here at Castleford. Um, I sort of, I'm a bit bossy, really. Tell people (laughs) what to do with their days. (laughs) Only staff. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, I can tell this is going to be an interesting one. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Um, How how long have you worked as as a carer, Fiona? me 17 years that that's amazing and what first brought you into care do you know what I I think it's sort of it's a mindset I was looking looking for something and I sort of thought yeah let, let's go and have a go at this and as soon as I walked into Castleford I felt at home fantastic and have you been at Castleford all that time yeah that that's absolutely amazing um th- thank you thank you for sharing that um Amelia I'm going to pop back to you quickly um I love I love the title of the role um obviously I think even the title of the role shows that activities in care homes have changed over the years can you tell me about the major changes um you've seen over the years in terms of that role um yeah so when I started on lifestyles here which was four and a half years ago um there's you ha- it, it meets the basic needs it's basic practice it's you know you've you've got um a sufficient amount of stimulation meaningful activity but I think now you've kind of I don't believe in barriers with activists I don't I don't entertain that I think that if you want to do something no matter if you've got dementia um Parkinson's whatever you're, I'm going to make it happen somehow or another and I think now there's less barriers activities um, are more imaginative and fun and I think they meet more needs. So you're not just meeting like the emotional needs, you're meeting like the emotional well-being, the physical well-being, mm-hmm. the mental well-being, the psychological well-being. And it's kind of like having an overall positive impact on an individual with more meaningful and stimulating activities, in my opinion. Fantastic. I think that's brilliant. And and can you tell me a bit about the awards that you've won then? You, and you just mentioned about, about, <laughs> about NAPA as well. Can you tell me a bit about that, please? Um, so in 2021, um, the Lifestyles team won Activities Team of the Year at the Caring UK Awards. In 2022, um, 
me personally as the activities lead one activity organizer the year at the care and support west awards and then i went through to the regional rounds and the great british care awards and i won the regional rounds and then most recently which was friday night um i was in the great british care awards national final and i was awarded the highly commended for one of the best activity coordinators in the whole country um and last week i had my certificates through as i've completed my NAPA activity leader and um, level three qualification just to kind of aid my own personal development um, and I'm doing that alongside my management level five diploma. I, th I think that that's fantastic and a huge congratulations to Thank you. you. And I know it's it's really difficult to, to talk about things that that you've achieved and how you've achieved them but but if you can think about how you've been nominated and why you've been nominated what do you think you do that's that's different and and brings brings the role to life well one of my nicknames is actually the wild child <laughs> um, that was actually given to me by a resident um many many years ago um and I think I live up to that kind of name I don't I'm very out there I, I mean you know you, you probably look at a nursing home you've walked in on a Sunday afternoon to maybe afternoon tea or maybe a little game of bingo, whereas I've got the residents in the sensory garden um, having a cocktail masterclass. Um, or I've got a 20 metre water slide in the garden with residents shooting down it in a rubber ring, squirting the staff with a water gun. I just, I don't, whilst I want them to still have their daily living activities, I also want them to experience things they might have never done before in their life. And I want this time, they're coming here to live. They're not coming here to die. And I don't believe in that. They're coming here to live. And I want to make those last weeks, months, years as memorable as possible because I want them to do things they've, they've never done. I want it to be an experience. And even if they don't remember it, it doesn't matter because I know in that moment, they're having the best time of their life and you can't ask more than that. And that's kind of like what I try and achieve. And I think I'm, I think I'm quite nice to start with it. <laughs> Very good, you always think outside the box. You've got that about you. You can just, you'll come in one day and say, right, let's go and do this. And it's then. I'm very, very spontaneous. And Fiona is amazing with that as well. We have what we call the jolly bus, um, which is our mini bus. And we go on, we go on jollies. And that could be to McDonald's for a drive through because that's one of our ladies' favourite things to do. Or it could be driving two and a half hours down to Tenby to hire a beach wheelchair and go into the sea. Uh, there's, there's no kind of <laughs> there's no consistency it's it's varied and I think that kind of meets the unpredictable nature of what dementia can be because you can't can't plan I don't I don't believe in activities plans because I think it's very institutionalized and I think you need a degree of flexibility to meet people's unpredictable needs and that's not a bad thing I think that actually makes it more fun it makes it you know there's more surprise there's there's more of a fun element in active activity provision with people in care settings. Fantastic. Thank, thank you so much, Amelia. And can I move back across to you, please, Fiona? I think, you know, you, you also work in an outstanding environment and congratulations for that because it's not to be underestimated. Can you tell me what a day working in care is, is like for you? What does a tip? Well, I, I guess there's no typical day, but what does a day look like for you? It isn't a typical day. It's just some days you're hitting the ground running, you know, it's just you've just got to be flexible and just make everyone happy. It's, it's hard work, don't get me wrong, but it's so worth it. If you can get two people to smile at you in a day, that's fabulous. That's your work done. 
that that's amazing and and it is it's the small things that that make a difference isn't it yeah. um, so what have been your highlights you're obviously a se- senior carer now which is absolutely amazing what have you done to to work your way through the career within social care lifestyles as well yeah I've, I've done lifestyles I've really really enjoyed that and and it's it's lucky that now I can come in and if there's enough on the floor I mean you say right let's go off then let's load the bus up off we go to a safari park you know it's, it's just wonderful um I've also worked as a domestic here I've worked in the laundry here yeah I go and pot wash in the kitchen as well when we're short but I think it's, it's good to have an insight to every department because you know we're like we have to work together everything has to just roll I, th- I think it's it's a really key point that, that you said just now, working in social care isn't just about the carer's role. There are so many different opportunities um, and there's opportunities to, to work your way up the la- ladder, um, undertake courses, as you said, Amelia, for for, for your success, um, but also to help the, the residents, the people living within your care. If, if there was something that, that you would say, if I can stay with you, Fiona, to, to people coming out of school about thinking about coming into social care, what would you say to those people? Definitely start with going to your council. You'll have a volunteers coordinator and just go to them and just see if there's anything out there that you can just go and volunteer a couple of hours a week just to see what it's like. Fantastic. Thank you. And what would you suggest, Amelia, to, to, to people either coming out of schools, universities, or maybe rethinking their career at a later stage? I think if social care is, is an industry that you want to be a part of, I think it's one of those jobs where you have to be fully invested in what the job is. It's not something you can be half-hearted about. You have to be wholeheartedly invested in your role. And if you're not, it reflects in your work. And I think for anyone leaving school who wants to work in social care, you have to be so committed to that role. And you, you have to want to care because if, if you're not and you can't, it's not for you. And you will see that it just it's not quite working. I think get yourself a CV made, you know, take opportunities. If you know, like Faye said, volunteer work, whether that's, I don't know, even work experience, a local nurse, no, yeah. phoning up and saying, look, is there any chance I could just do a few hours a week just to get a taster of it just to see what it's like and take those opportunities at whichever's going to aid your own career development and just just put yourself out there you've got you've got it if you don't ask don't get and I've always stood by that if you don't ask and you want something and you you don't get it you're never going to get it you need to put yourself out there and if it's something you're fully invested in I have no doubt that these people will succeed in it because if you are a caring person that will shine through and you will you're fitted for the job you made if you're a caring person you've got those desired qualities I think it's just the perfect job isn't it definitely mm. I mean you never stop learning in this job we're both now we're going to be well hopefully fingers crossed yeah. as the training goes well we're going to be dementia link workers so wow fantastic can you tell me a bit more about that so we start at the beginning of May um, and me and Fee will be going to Cheltenham every Tuesday for is it 13 weeks yes um and it's basically just gonna improve our own knowledge of dementia um improve relationships with the community and just the dementia alliance teams and i think one of me and fee's goals in here is 
education. So, you know, if you look at a member of staff who's at like the 12 week point, you think, hmm, there's a few things not right here. You know, what you do is you reflect on the induction process and that could be lack of education. So what we want to do is create a thorough and really educational dementia training, not just for staff, but for relatives too, because you've got relatives that come into this in this setting and they don't know much about dementia. And it's really quite frightening that when they're sat there um, crying because their husband doesn't recognize them and you think just if they knew a little bit more about it and they just understood a little bit better they might not have this this hurt and they're carrying yeah. this upset and I think if we can just even combat that I think that's an amazing goal for us just to develop something which really just helps people fantastic I think what, what an amazing opportunity thank you for sharing that and and it if you don't mind, I'd like to move back to obviously caring can be quite an emotional, quite a challenging um, career to work in. And and I know you've both been very open about about your mental health struggles as well. But that doesn't stop you from doing the job that, that you're doing. And can you tell me a bit about maybe the support that you've had to allow you to continue doing your job in such an amazing way? I think we stick together, don't we? I think you, we've got the mental health first aiders within the building and there's there's certain individuals which you know you can go to, don't you? And you yeah, know that exactly. you can go to them. It's trusted, it's open. And it's not just about the people in here. It's if you do have appointments, it's, you know, management and the nurses on shift being understanding that and, and allowing you to take an hour out of the day to go to that appointment. And you've got, whilst I'm very a big believer, if, if you're not the best version of yourself and you're not on your game, you can provide the best for the people here and they deserve the best. And you have to sometimes put yourself first and think, you know what, I'm not okay. I need to take a step back or some time out. Make yourself okay, address those issues and then come back into work so you can just provide the best care, the best activities, the best, you know, whatever department you're working in. And I don't think we've ever let mental health be a barrier. I really, no, even if we're having not. bad days, I mean, Fiona knows for a fact that if I'm having a bad day, we just we just go and do something really wild like go and feed a giraffe in the safari park or go down to the beach and get hot donuts and I know that if Fiona's having a bad day I get her a bar of chocolate and a can of coke you know <laughs> we, we know each other and we we I think we always support each other yeah and I exactly. think that's, if you've got somebody in the building like that that you know that you can trust you're really good friends you love them and it's just a really good relationship to have to just support one another Fantastic. No, I, th I think that's that's wonderful to hear. And it's it's amazing to hear that you've got your mental health first aiders as well. Um, I think I think we do need to have so much resilience. And I think acknowledging that actually, you know, the, the team are only human, um, but the team need to be mentally as well as physically strong to be able to care for people their colleagues and also relatives as well um I, th I think is is a huge thing to to achieve so so yeah absolutely thank you very much for sharing that can I can I ask you Fiona what have been some highlights of of your career in the 17 years of of working at, at Castleford what have those been oh it it has to be 10B, honestly. It was such an amazing moment because we took two ladies and one was in the beach wheelchair, but the other one actually ran into the water and it was it was beautiful. Honestly, it was such a wonderful sight. 
That's that's fantastic. That that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing. And Amelia, what what were your highlights or what have they been so far? I think that was probably up there. That was a really, really special day. Um, you know, I've had a few like bigger activities which have helped people, like not not just been recognized on media platforms, but they've actually promoted best practice within the industry. And I've seen other homes all around the world, like in America, Australia, that in this country do the tattoo and drinking day. And that's amazing to see that they've they've looked at my work and thought, oh, I, I really like that. I'm going to try it. And that that was amazing. Um, one that does stick out to me is we did have a lady and we do a wishing tree initiative, which is when they make a wish. And that could be anything they want. That could be something they've never done before. That could be that they want an Indian on a Friday night for the rest of their life. I don't I don't care what it is. I, I would do my absolute best to make it happen. And we had one lady who had wished for a dog. She wanted a dog. Um, her dementia was um, deteriorating. Um, I couldn't, it wasn't feasible to get a dog. So I got one of the dementia friendly pets, which is the robotic dogs, which was Daisy Dog. And we set Daisy Dog up in this lady's room. She had a bed, she had a bowl of water, her biscuits, a lead on the wall. And when she walked in, and she's seen that dog. I, I I still get goosebumps now where she's seen this dog and she just broke down. And she she was just the happiest. And even now, she'll be downstairs and she's like, oh, Daisy's up in my room. I wonder if she's had her breakfast yet. And I'm like, oh, I'll go and check. And she goes, oh, while she's up there, make sure you put her out for a wee as well. So there's me carrying the dog downstairs to the garden. You know, you, you've got to feed into it. I've got to get into her world because that makes her happy. And I, even if I am looking like a fool running around with a, an electronic dog sitting on the grass and stood there like, you know, come on Daisy, we haven't got all day. Um, I'm gonna do it because it makes her happy. And that, and because it's had such a lasting benefit for her, that's what makes it special. And I just, I just think seeing the benefit of your work in front of you, like that actual benefits of that laughter, that, that engagement, that reaction, is one of the best things because you know that what you're doing is good you're, you're it's got a benefit it's got a purpose and I think that's the best validation that you could get working in this kind of job I think that's that's a, an amazing story and 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 I know uh, our listeners can't see but the smiles on your faces just just speak volumes <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank thank you so much that's amazing to share um Another question that I wanted to ask, because some people might be thinking, well, actually, you know, is this going to cost a lot of money? All the different things that, that we're talking about. Um, making a difference in somebody's life doesn't have to cost a lot of money in terms of activities provision. Could you expand on that a little for me? Um, so we have a monthly budget. Um, it's not a massive budget, um, but we, we make it work because we prioritise the funds to you know, I could look at the month and think, right, okay, we've got Mother's Day here, we've got Easter, you know, and I, I know I'm going to set budgets aside for that, or I've got set days, which I think, oh, I could do a trip this day, so I'm going to allocate £50 to that day, and it's all about budgeting, fundraising, you know, get the community involved, have summer fates, winter events, well, we've had the Christmas markets, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, our sum, the, the summer fate we did the one year, how much, we nearly raised £3,000 on yeah. the one day, wow. and that was enough to buy us new equipment a new computer was able to to fund so many amazing activities and not just that if you actually get the relatives involved and you keep them involved in that activity provision like daisy for example it was actually the lady's daughter that bought the dog and we just 
put it all together for her. And sometimes if you actually keep them involved and you keep them in the loop of what you're doing, they're more than happy to kind of contribute and be involved in that. And it's all, it's not just about the money side of it. It's also about them seeing that effect on their relative and what you're doing and what you're thinking of is making a difference to their life. And you've just got to be sensible. If, if you allocate and you budget correctly, um, I don't think money even poses an issue on it really. Um, no, and sometimes not. you can, you know, you can get things like at the moment we're making dignity clothes protectors. Um, which um, I met Sanjay a couple of weeks ago at a conference. <laughs> and I just, he's, he's inspired me. I just love yeah, him. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I just love him. And he, we were talking about him and I said, you know, I've got the stuff ready. I'm, I'm just going to, do you know what? When I get home, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it that day. And I did. I've never sewed before. And I sat there for three and a half hours <laughs> sewing this thing together by hand. Um, and I did it. And we've now bought a sewing machine and we've adapted and it was you know with the shirts we bought we just went to like people on Facebook have even said oh you know we can donate some shirts that's amazing like that that's free you know and all we're doing there is just getting some cotton just to sew it together and that's reasonably budgetable it's not yeah. it's not expensive and it's just looking at different alternative ways of getting resources which is not always I'm just going to go to Amazon I'm just going to go to Tesco's and buy the most expensive and brand new thing you can always use reusable things donations and it's just utilising what you've got, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> and I think Sanjay will be incredibly proud of you. Um, as, <laughs> as you know, at the OS, we do love sharing best practice. Another thing that we like to say is we, we like our listeners, our viewers on our virtual meetings to go away with at least one golden nugget of, of something that they could maybe put in place or learn in, in their environment, whether that be residential care, LD services, home care. I'm going to ask you both for, for one golden nugget that you would like to share um, that, that you've done to made, make a difference within your setting. I'm sure there's been lots and lots. Fiona, oh. I'm going to come to you first. <laughs> The only thing I can think of, which I am quite proud of, is I've actually said to the manager when we, we were inducting people, could we set them off just for one day a week to every different department just to see how things work, how we all got to work together to make things run smoothly. And thankfully, my managers listened to me and this is what we're doing. Fantastic. And it's working really well. I absolutely love that idea. Thank you for sharing. Um, and Amelia, could I ask you the same question, please? Um, so a little while ago, I created um, these boards, which is what I call the person-centred boards. Um, what I found with, we do have a lot of um, end-stage dementia, which is quite deteriorated, um, and they, they do have that communication barrier. So for new people in the industry, and new to social care, it is quite difficult to get to know somebody if you don't know how to find out that information. The person-centered boards were A3. Yeah. Um, I created them myself and they were sent off to be designed and printed. And on this board, you had their photo in the middle, their name, their date of birth. And on there, you had photos of their family their, and their names next to them. So you knew who was important to them. You had their favorite food, their favorite drink. Weirdly, even if they their level of capacity, so I had a little brain symbol and it said, you know, 
I unfortunately lack capacity, but I would still like to be involved in all decisions made about my care. And if you could please talk me through the process, I'd be very grateful. So even if this resident can't communicate, it's still actively encouraging care staff to communicate with um, the resident about what they're doing, which is so important. And it had um, their hobbies, their job, their life history. So when a new carer walks into this room, they know exactly everything they need to know about this resident in that moment to have a meaningful conversation with them about who they are, what they enjoy. And it just it just fast tracked their knowledge so much. So they, they knew how to engage them on, on a meaningful level. And they had that, that basic and that core information of how to provide person-centered care. And that for me is one of the most important things here, person-centered care. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I've certainly come away with lots of different golden nuggets and it's been so amazing speaking to you both today. I'd like to thank both Amelia and Fiona from Castleford for joining us for Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company. It's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.